Hello and welcome to the first ever edition of the Vol Contributor Podcast here. My name is Murphy Carlton. I am a contributor over at RockyTopInsider.com, your number one source for anything Tennessee athletic related. Uh, This is going to be a podcast that I'm going to try to do regularly. Um, Like I said, I contribute over at Rocky Top Insider with articles and certain content like that, but I wanted to find a different way for myself to get you know my thoughts and opinions on on certain things related to to Tennessee athletics with a concentration to football and a little bit of basketball I will say there there'll be a little a little bit of basketball in here um especially once you know football and and stuff all the recruiting stuff is done with um and basketball season is is in full swing the SEC schedule is is going on and, and we get closer to to the March tournament but um, for right now, it's going to be primarily football related uh, with, with some recruiting. We'll talk about the bowl game as we get closer. Um, I do have some plans for, for some bowl game stuff, You know, breaking down the matchup with Indiana, pre, uh, recapping the game once the game's over. I will be down in Jacksonville, actually, uh, for the game. So I'll, I'll be, uh, be able to get a firsthand look at the game itself. So just want to say thank you so much for for deciding to listen to this first ever edition. Uh, this is my first time ever making a podcast. Wanted to give it a shot. Um, I've done YouTube before, but that was years and years ago. So uh, this is a little bit new for me. So bear with me if there are some some things that um, you know you might not hear in your in your other podcasts that you listen to. But um, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, like I said, primarily going to focus on football recruiting in this one. Uh, we are in. Full swing here with the 2020 class, vastly, uh, quickly, excuse me, approaching the early signing period here uh, next Wednesday. It is actually Monday, the 16th that I am recording this here. So we are two days away from the early signing period beginning. Uh, A lot of Tennessee targets are planning on announcing where they will be attending school to play football here in the next couple of days. So we'll go ahead and talk about some of those later on in this podcast, but first wanted to start off with the news that broke over the weekend. Tennessee actually had a decommitment and then a commitment the next day, so, or at least I believe it was it was on different days, but nonetheless, the decommitment came from a four-star defensive back is what we'll call him. I think he, he was thought to be a safety at first and, and is now, I think Tennessee was looking at him as a, as a cornerback, but Four-star defensive back Mordecai McDaniel out of St. John's College High School there in Washington, D.C., decommitted, or I guess you should say flipped uh, his commitment from Tennessee to the Florida Gators on on the 13th, which was Friday, I believe. Um, Something that I don't think surprised a lot of people, maybe maybe fans that don't follow recruiting as as closely as, as others, but... I think this was something that a lot of people saw coming, unfortunately. Um, when you get a guy like Mordecai McDaniel, when you look at him and you watch his highlight tape, this is a guy that has top elite speed. Um, he, he's a guy that, that was looking at Tennessee's track program. He wanted to be a part of that as well as the football program as well. So he, he's fast. He, he's going to keep up with the elite speedy receivers um, in the SEC. There's no doubt about that. Um, 
I think people were looking at him as a safety, but but I, honestly, I think Tennessee was going to play him at cornerback if they were able to hold on to him. Um, he's a guy that, that I think profiles a little bit better at corner with his speed. Like I said, being able to keep up with the uh, fastest receivers in the country. So, um, you know, you look at Tennessee's secondary right now, specifically the safety position, you're already kind of deep. Um, you got Jalen McCullough, who played a lot, I will say, last year and, and played really well in some times. Um, Theo Jackson played a bit last year and played well. As, uh, also, he's going to be back again next year. Uh, Trevon Flowers will be back from his broken leg once that you know gets repaired, and he should be ready to go come next season. And a guy that I think some people forget about just because we didn't see him a lot last year, um, a, a four-star defensive back that was brought in last class in 2019 is Tyus Fields. Um, with the two current defensive backs that Tennessee has committed in this class right now, Keyshawn Lawrence being one, the other one we'll get to here in a minute. Somebody, I think, is going to have to go to corner. Um, and, and I think when you look at the guys that are already on the team right now that, that are already listed as, as safeties, I think Tyus Fields is the guy that, that would get a look at corner before any of the other other options. Uh, I believe Tyus Fields was a cornerback when he came out of high school. Uh, so I, I believe the transition from safety back to corner for, for Fields wouldn't be a big deal it would be a very smooth transition I think um and that's not to say that Tyus Fields is going to be moved to corner and then be thrust into a a um thrusted into a, a starting role or anything like that Tennessee has has a lot of guys at corner I think that Bryce Thompson Alante Taylor Warren Burrell Kenneth George these guys progressed last year uh, honestly I you know Warren Burrell played a lot early on I think that was due to the Bryce Thompson suspension um, and he kind of, he faded a little bit, not sure if he dealt with injuries or anything like that, but, uh, he, he kind of, I only really remember seeing him on special teams toward, towards the end of the season there. But basically I say all that to say Tennessee secondary is loaded, right? With Mordecai McDaniel looking at, you know, Tennessee looking at him as a corner. I mean, you hate to lose a guy with that kind of speed and, 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 and that, but I don't know. I you know. I obviously it's a loss to Tennessee not getting McDaniel uh, to to stay with his commitment to the Vols and, and end up on campus and on the team. But you know, I I don't know if he will be that missed as people think he might. Uh, and and sometimes you know we get caught up in the rankings. You know he McDaniel's a four star. This dude's a three star. You know I'm not so sure what Tennessee's thinking. Tennessee Pruitt is going to get his guys that he likes, right? Obviously, they liked Mordecai McDaniel a lot, um, but but McDaniel wanted to go to Florida. He always had interest in Florida. Uh, Tennessee and Florida were the two teams that were battling it out for him in the beginning, so it didn't really surprise a whole lot of people. It didn't surprise me at all when um, McDaniel announced that he was going to flip to Florida. I think people had been talking about that for a long time, uh, at least a couple of weeks before he actually made it official and announced his flip to Florida. So Mordecai McDaniel going to Florida now. believe he's going to be signing in the early signing period. Um, and then the very next day, four-star safety. He, he's listed as a four-star on Rivals. He, he's a, a three-star on 247, but 
he has not been reevaluated by 247 in quite some time. I believe the last time he was updated was uh, when he committed to Arizona State. Um, that is, we'll call him four-star safety, Danico Slaughter out of Roswell, Georgia, Roswell High School. He and Mc, Mordecai McDaniel are, are two completely different defensive backs. Mordecai is the fast, speedy playmaker. Danico Slaughter is going to lay the wood on, on a lot of receivers here in his time at Tennessee, and he's going to hurt some people. And, and he does it the right way. You know, when you talk about a guy that, that is a hard hitter, that, that delivers the boom, sometimes you might get it twisted in your brain and think, well, you know, he just kind of sounds like somebody that's looking for some, you know, a defenseless player to, to lay out, and he doesn't tackle the right way. This is a kid, if you watch his highlight tape, he hits you hard, and he wraps you up and takes you down to the ground. He's not a guy that just goes for the big hit every every time he goes for a tackle, lowers the shoulder, and and you know we've seen some guys in the Tennessee secondary. Uh, I can think of Bryce Thomas trying to do uh, Bryce Thompson, excuse me, trying to do this a couple of times this past season, where he would be, you know, going to make a tackle, and instead of wrapping the guy up and taking him to the ground, he would try for the big hit, and he would just bounce off the guy, or the guy would bounce off of him. And, and, and it would result in a missed tackle. Uh, Nigel Warrior is a guy that's done, done that in, in his career at Tennessee uh, multiple times. Um, but we've seen with, with Warrior here towards, you know, from the middle half to the end of the season, uh, he had really changed and, and really evolved into a, a really, really good safety. Um, but Danico Slaughter is a guy, I mean, can we not say enough about the kid? He's got, Slaughter is his last name. I mean, when you can get a guy that hits the way that he does, and his last name is Slaughter. I mean, that's the perfect package. Um, but but I sat down and watched his highlight tape, and, and I think this is this is a good get for Tennessee fans uh, and for the Tennessee team program in general. Um, this, this dude is going to quickly become a fan favorite, I think, because I, I truly believe he's going to be somebody that plays early next season, whether it's on special teams, whether it's uh, getting a look at safety. Um He's more of your prototypical strong safety. Now, you know, we don't really look at the safety position as being free and strong anymore. It's kind of just safety, and you kind of just throw two guys back there. Um, not to say that you just throw anyone back there, but you, you understand what I'm saying. You just you need two safeties, right? Two defensive backs. Slaughter is, a, is an old-school strong safety. He'll come down and play the run. Um, he, he's decent in pass coverage. I think that's that's going to be something that he's going to need to work on his ball skills. Um, he has a couple of pick sixes in his highlight uh, highlight film, and that's good to see. But I, I want to see him more in pass coverage and see how he does in zone and also see if he can man up on, on some receivers. Um, doesn't exactly have burner speed. He's, he's nowhere near McDaniel speed uh, by any means. I don't think anybody is in this class, maybe a couple of people, but um, he is fast. He does look like he moves well in his, in his highlight film, speaking about Danico Slaughter here. Um, he's a guy that moves laterally, laterally very well as, uh, also, so um, really like the look of this kid. I think he's a steal for Tennessee. Um he decommitted on Friday from Arizona State. Uh, I, I want to say it was around the same time that Mordecai McDaniel announced his flip. I'm not sure which one was first. I want to say Slaughter 
decommitted first, and then McDaniel announced his flip after that. I'm not 100% sure on that. I'll have to double-check. But nonetheless, both both um, Slaughter decommitting from Arizona State and McDaniel flipping his commitment from Tennessee to Florida happened on Friday. And then sometime Saturday, I want to say in the afternoon, Danico Slaughter went ahead and announced. He was actually on campus this weekend, um, I believe Friday and Saturday. Not sure if he was he was there yesterday on Sunday, but in in on his official visit, his last official visit before the early signing period, I believe he's an early signee as well. He's going to sign sometime this next week. Um, I don't have the exact date in front of me. I, I could find it, um, but great get for Tennessee. Like I said, going to be a steal. Um, I think that Arizona State is is very upset that he is no longer in their a, a part of their class because I think they were very much looking forward to having this kid uh, on their team. But but a very good get for Tennessee with Danico Slaughter um, out of Roswell, Georgia. So let's move on to talk about some of the guys that are going to be announcing next week. Um, they're going to be announcing where they're going to be signing. And there, there's a ton of players, but I want to start with one that I think I feel personally very strongly about this, um, and, and I honestly feel like it's already a done deal. We're just waiting on the announcement, but that's going to be four star. He's listed as a strong side defensive end. Um, I really feel like he's going to play outside linebacker, but that's going to be Tyler Barron out of Knoxville, a Knoxville Catholic. He is a teammate of current Vol commit Cooper Mays, brother of Cade Mays. Tyler Barron's been on campus to Tennessee many, many times. Um, his father works for the university, so you know he, he has that resource to be able to visit campus more than your normal recruit. He also lives in Knoxville, so that plays a big part as well. Um, when you look at his recruitment, it, it almost seems like for a while there, it seemed like Kentucky was, was where he was going to choose to go. Um, some people say that they're not really sure where he fits in this defense, and I think it, the main issue with it is because he's not that great in pass coverage. Me personally, I think if you get this kid to come on to camp, come come to campus, get on the team, get into practice, and teach him how to cover better, zone man, whatever, I think that's something that he could learn. He's already great at getting to the getting to the quarterback. You watch his highlight film. This kid can get to the quarterback. He he can finish finish a sack. Um, just just getting him to learn how to cover is going to be a bit of a process. Don't get me wrong; it's not going to be a, a quick adjustment for for Baron once he gets on campus. If he does end up choosing Tennessee, this is all hypothetical. We don't know for sure if it's going to be Tennessee or not. But I'm assuming he's going to pick Tennessee uh, if you follow the visits and everything like that. But I truly feel like Tyler Barron is going to be an asset for this defense moving forward uh, at that outside linebacker position. We need players at that position. We're going to talk about one other player in just a minute. We'll actually talk about him next, I guess, stick with the same position. Um, but I, I really think when Tyler Barron announces here on Wednesday that it's going to be Tennessee, and that's going to be a good get, get a good get for Tennessee. He, he's a high-rated four-star um, according to 247 Sports Composite, he's listed as the 112th player nationally, fifth best player in the state of Tennessee. Um, so, I mean, this is a guy you need. You wanted him from the beginning. They've, they've been hard on him. You know, Harrison Bailey's been a guy that, that I've seen 
Um, when he's been on campus, Tyler Barron's been right there with him. He's been recruiting him probably just as hard as anybody. You know Cooper Mays is in his ear being a teammate of him, seeing him almost every day. So um, Tyler Barron will be announcing on Wednesday. Really, really feel good about that one. Uh, let's move on to another player that would more than likely play at outside linebacker if he ends up at Tennessee, and that's going to be four-star Morvin Joseph, uh, 6'3", 220. But this dude is chiseled. I mean, I have never seen a guy come out of high school look more chiseled than this dude. Then maybe Roman Harrison is a good comparison. He Morvin, uh, Roman Harrison is probably the best comparison to the way this kid looks coming out of high school. But I think Morvin Joseph is bigger um, and more jacked. I would not want to be tackled by this dude. Um, literally looks like he was carved out of granite. It, it's ridiculous. Absolute freak athlete. Um, he's been trending with Tennessee, or trending towards Tennessee here recently. Uh, if you look at the crystal ball predictions, Tennessee's a leader, but... I don't put a lot of stock in in the crystal ball predictions, you know. I uh, unless it's like, you know, uh, he's about to, it's the day of his commitment, and all these crystal balls start start flying in for a certain school. Then I think you know you can you can look at that and say, okay, I kind of feel good about that being correct. But you know, I don't try to look at the crystal ball predictions. You can if you like. If that's something that you like to follow, you know, then then continue to do that. But I, I tend to like to look at the visits. And I, I also think social media is a, is a big, a big uh, indicator of which way a kid is leaning one way or another. Um, Tennessee went in home with Marvin Joseph recently, had a picture of that visit uh, posted on, on social media onto Twitter, I believe. Coach Pruitt was down there. Don't remember who the other coaches were. Um, honestly, should have pulled that up, but rookie mistake. We'll learn from that and move on. But um, he was actually on campus to Florida State this past weekend for an official visit. The Seminoles were able to get him on campus one last time before the early signing period. Um, I don't know what to make of that, really, because he was currently committed, not currently, he was committed to Florida State previously, decommitted, um, and then it seems like for a while it was Tennessee and Florida, and he even tweeted out, his um, announcement of when he was going to be making his announcement that he would be picking between Tennessee and Florida. So is it a case where Florida State has been able to make a late push here? They were able to get him on campus. Did they work their way back into you know, the fold here? Or was it just maybe a courtesy visit that was already planned um, where he just you know, already had it planned, didn't want to waste it, figured, you know, like, like in football, when you've got an extra timeout at the end of the half, might as well burn it. You know, you can't take it with you. Morvin Joseph couldn't take that official visit with him. So he might've just burned it. I don't know the situation there that, that could be what it was. Um, but, but it's very interesting nonetheless, because when you're committed to a team, you decommit. I know it's not smart to probably put that team out of consideration for that player, but Sometimes it almost feels that way, but here with Florida State, it looks like they could have potentially got themselves back into the running with Morvin Joseph. Nonetheless, I, I still feel really good about this one. Um, I think that he ends up a vol. He's going to be announcing on Thursday, so this is a guy not on Wednesday. He's waiting an extra day to go ahead and announce his commitment. Pretty excited for this one. I think that this is a, a, a big get for Tennessee if they can pull it off. 
Um, his senior season was tremendous. His stats for his senior season were outrageous. Um, this is a guy that can get to the quarterback with with authority. Um, and, and like I said, with, with Tyler Barron, Tennessee needs guys at that outside linebacker position. You're losing Daryl Taylor to graduation and hopefully the NFL. Um, you've got guys like DeAndre Johnson should be back. Um, Cravaris Crouch, if he plays outside linebacker, he'll be there. Roman Harrison will, will be a sophomore next year. So, and, and I know I'm leaving off some names, but um, there, there's going to be guys there. But, but Tennessee has a, a big need at that outside linebacker position um, and a big need for a pass rusher. So uh, getting Tyler Barron and Morvin Joseph would be huge. I believe they both would be takes no matter what. Um, so, yeah, that is Morvin Joseph. Let's move on to another guy that's going to be committing here in the early signing period, and that's going to be, I believe it's Laneith Whitehead. could be Laneth. I'm going to go with Laneith Whitehead. That's how I've heard it been been said before. Um, he is listed on 247 as a linebacker, but I believe Tennessee's recruiting him as a linebacker. I mean, not a linebacker, a running back, excuse me. Uh, he's 6'1", 230. As a running back, this is the type of running back that Jeremy Pruitt wants for this team, for, th- for this style of offense, uh, and Jim Chaney as well. This guy could come in and be what Cravaris Crouch has had to be here this past season in goal line situations, short yardage. He's your guy that you give the ball to him, let him go run somebody over, pick up the, the first down on third and short, fourth and short, whatever, or get in the end zone when you're right there knocking on the door. And we all saw how horrible Tennessee's offense was in the red zone all season. They had some success. When they actually ran the play for Cavaris Crouch correctly, Jarrett Garantano, I'm looking at you. You're forgiven, but I'm still looking at you. <laughs> when they ran that play correctly, we saw, I don't remember what game it was, but but it was a walk-in for Crouch. Now, he did have the fumble there um, the second time, I believe, they, they correctly ran that play, but... Nonetheless, you shouldn't be putting a guy that's playing linebacker into play running back consistently to get those short yardage uh, in in those short yardage situations and at the goal line. You should have a running back on on uh, on your team ready to do that. There's another guy currently committed to Tennessee, T. Hodge, that's also a bigger back, but I believe Laneith Whitehead would be uh, a take if if he decides to choose Tennessee. Um, it was looking like it was going to be South Carolina there for a little while. Um, he was actually going to announce, I believe, back in November, and then delayed delayed the announcement. And two four seven actually had an interview with him where he talked about how he was really conflicted between two teams, and that was a huge sign for Tennessee because it really showed that that Tennessee was able to get back into it with with Whitehead. Um, because it really seemed like it was going to be South Carolina. Now, UCLA offered him late, got him on campus. Not really sure how that visit went. I haven't heard anything about it or seen anything on Twitter, so I'm not sure. Um, but UCLA is, is going to be, I believe, in, in the conversation to get, to get Whitehead's uh, signature. I still feel really good about this, and I'll tell you why. I think Whitehead really, really likes Tennessee more than UCLA. He's from Athens, Georgia, Athens Academy High School. I don't think this he, he's going to want to go all the way across the country to go to UCLA. Tennessee, Knoxville is, is just a few hours north of Athens. 
it's not all the way across the country like I mentioned before. This is a guy that if he if he does choose Tennessee, I believe he's going to play quite a bit next season um, because Tennessee does not have that big-bodied back that can pick up tough yards. Uh, we thought Tim Jordan, a.k.a. the buff hamster, could do it, but he is a guy that for some reason, I cannot wrap my brain around it, but he just always wants to bounce things outside. He did a better job of it this season of, of you know going to where he's supposed to go, going in between in between the the offensive linemen there, in between the tackles and you know next to the guard or whatever, and looking for contact, looking to run somebody over. But so many times I've seen Tim Jordan try to bounce things outside, and it just frustrates me to no end um, because he does not have the speed to get outside and run by somebody. I just he he just doesn't have it. Um, but but Lenith Whitehead is a guy that can come in and and play. I think next year like immediately once he gets on campus not the fastest guy but i think he's going to be quick enough to where he'll make it work uh he he officially visited ucla on december 7th so that's his most recent visit didn't go anywhere last weekend to my knowledge um at least 247 doesn't have it listed here he'll be committing on wednesday so um i want to keep an eye on that one if you don't follow him on twitter i would um i'm going to be plugging some 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 sites to to follow to to get your recruiting coverage uh here for Tennessee at the end of the podcast we're going to talk about a few more players and then we'll go ahead and wrap this this first ever edition up uh I want to get this uploaded as quickly as possible and and kind of get feedback from you guys as well that listen to it uh just to see the things that I could do better and 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 stuff that you'd want to talk about and maybe a way for you guys to send in questions or, or anything if you have them uh, and we can talk about them but We'll move on to another guy that's going to be announcing here in the early signing period, and that is Octavius Oxendine. Greatest name in this class by far, hands down, no no competition. Um, <laughs> I mean, Danico Slaughter comes close, I think, with, with the Slaughter last name, but I, how can you not pick Octavius Oxendine as the best name in this class? I mean, just phenomenal. Uh, he's a three-star on 247. He's a defensive tackle, six foot two, three hundred and eight pounds, out of Radcliffe, Kentucky, North Harden High School. This is a guy that Tennessee staff really, really likes on the defensive line. Um, it, it's looking like it's going to be a Tennessee-Kentucky battle again, just like with Tyler Barron. Um, he's going to be announcing, I believe, on Wednesday as well. Um, there's a lot of guys on Wednesday, so you definitely want to keep your eye on Twitter and stuff like that, those people that are going to be there at the uh, announcements and, and commitments and everything, I'll have those um, Twitter pages for you at the end of the podcast. Like I said, Oxendine is a big guy, and he's going to come in. He's going to probably play nose tackle, I would imagine. He might play some defensive end. Pruitt does like his defensive ends to be around 300 pounds. Um, not really sure on where Oxendine would play on the defensive line. He would play, um, just not sure which position exactly he would play um, I don't really have a good feel on this one. I don't. It all. I feel like the defensive line for for Tennessee when it comes to this class, everything depends on what Jay Hardy does, right? Jay Hardy's from Chattanooga, I believe it's Macaulay High School. Um, seemed like it was going to be Tennessee for the longest time, and I believe some people even believed he silently committed to Tennessee and just just didn't tell anybody. Um, and then it came down to the announcement day on November 6th. He had visited Auburn the, the weekend before, and then he picks Auburn. Now, I remember watching the the uh, commitment live stream there, 
and just being dumbfounded. I couldn't believe it because everything that I had heard, everything seemed like it was going to be Tennessee, and then it just flips to Auburn. Um, Jay Hardy seemed like he was going to sign in the early signing period. He's kind of gone back and forth with it. Um, from what I've seen and from what I've heard from other people and listened to on other podcasts, it seems like Jay Hardy is going to be waiting until February to sign, which is huge for Tennessee because it allows them to get back in with him. Tennessee's going to have a few spots available, a few scholarships after this early signing period. Not many. If, if everything goes the way that they want it to, they're going to have just, just a, maybe two or three spots left if, if, if everything goes the way that they hope and, and want it to. So there's going to be a spot for Jay Hardy if Jay Hardy wants it. And what's going to be an issue for Auburn that, that I don't think some people are thinking about is that if they've got guys that they're trying to get and the numbers start you know getting crunched and they don't have enough spots to take all the guys that they want and Jay Hardy is able to be in contact with pretty much all of Tennessee's staff that they can possibly get on him because – after this early signing period, I mean, Tennessee's not going to be done, but they're going to be uh, pretty close to being done, you have to imagine. Um, they'll just have a few more targets out there that they'll want to, you know, try to get their hands on. So Tennessee's going to be able to put the, the full court press, if you will, on Jay Hardy if he waits until February to sign. And that doesn't bode well for Auburn at all. Um, so... I don't. I don't know if Oxendine and if if Oxendine would be a take if Jay Hardy if if Tennessee gets a good indication from Jay Hardy that they can get him. I don't know if if Oxendine is a take. I would imagine he would be just because he, they like him a lot, um, and I know a lot of other people that cover Tennessee recruiting really like Oxendine as well. Um, but but I just don't know what's going to happen. It, the, the numbers are just going to crunch so, so much that it's just going to, the spots are going to be so limited. I feel like, um, to that, I just, I don't know. Um, you know, you look at another defensive lineman that the Tennessee's going after Reginald Perry. I feel like Perry's third option. So maybe it's a scenario where they feel good about Jay Hardy. They get Octavius Oxendine on Wednesday. Maybe Reginald Perry, is, is told, you know, we don't really have a spot for you anymore. We feel really good about Jay Hardy. We've already got Ox in the boat. You know, you might want to go go elsewhere. I'm not sure. I, I I think Perry is a take, but I think he's a take if they miss on Oxendine or they don't get a good feel about Jay Hardy or they miss on both. I mean, that that's a possibility. Um, uh, me personally, I'm not really sure what, what Octavius Oxendine is going to do. Um, you look at his crystal ball, crystal ball predictions. He has two, and they're all for they're both for Kentucky. So um, I don't really know what's going to happen there. It's going to be interesting to keep an eye on um, with with Octavius Oxendine. Reginald Perry is going to be announcing, I believe, on Wednesday as well. Yeah, and uh, he's been trending well with Tennessee this entire time. So um, a lot of options on the defensive line. You want to get Jay Hardy to wait until February. I think if he waits until February to sign, Tennessee has a huge shot to land to land Jay Hardy, get him back in the boat. Um, so we'll, we'll wrap up the podcast and we'll move on to the highest profile player that was on campus this past weekend um, and Tennessee's top target left on the board. He is ranked 10th nationally in the 247 Sports Composite, the number one rated athlete in the class, 
and the number one player from Nevada is Darnell Washington out of Desert Pines High School. You talk about a freak athlete. Wow. He is six foot seven and a half, two hundred and sixty-one pounds of just pure man. I mean, this guy, he is the oldest looking high school player recruit, high schooler in general, that I've ever seen in my life. Um, and I don't say that in, in any malicious way. I mean that this this guy looks much, much older than he is. He is a grown man. And Tennessee needs Washington. He's going to play tight end at, once he gets to, to college. Tennessee's losing Dominic Wood Anderson to graduation. And and this this is in no offense to the other tight end options that Tennessee currently currently has. Jackson, not Jackson Lampley. Uh, I believe Sean Brown's another tight end. There's some other guys I can't think of off the top of my head right now. But Darnell Washington is far better than any other tight end option that, that Tennessee has. Austin Pope is just came to mind. Washington's way better. Uh, Jacob Warren, I believe is his name, is another tight end on roster. Darnell Washington is way better. And, and again, no disrespect to those guys that are already on Tennessee's roster that play tight end. Darnell Washington is a program-changing type of player. Um, Tennessee was in on Eric Gilbert, who is over at Marietta High School, the LSU commit. He's in the same boat. That that guy is a program-changing player at, at tight end or receiver, wherever LSU is going to use him at. Tennessee was going to use Gilbert as a receiver. They got off to that slow start, and I think that's what ultimately hurt them um, with with Eric Gilbert's recruitment. Darnell Washington, though, you get his final visit before the early signing period. That's huge. This is a guy that is going to do what Cravaris Crouch tried to do last year where he signs with a team during the early signing period, but it is kept as close to the vest as humanly possible by that school and the other schools so that he can make him make his announcement um, on January 2nd, I believe, at the, I want to say Under Armour American, All-American Bowl is where he's playing at. Um, I could be wrong on that, but nonetheless, I think it is January 2nd, but he wants to announce it on the broadcast. It's going to be on ESPN2, if I remember correctly. I just, I don't think that that's going to play out the way that he wants it to, unfortunately, because it didn't for Crouch. Crouch just had to go ahead and announce um, announce his decision during the early signing period because it ended up getting leaked. Um, and I remember with Crouch, you had Michigan uh, tweet out a graphic that had Crouch listed as one of their commits and signees, and then you also had Clemson do the same thing. Uh, it was it was crazy. I, I remember thinking at one point he was going to Clemson, and then he was going to Michigan, and then those two were false, and he was coming to Tennessee, and then he goes on the, the news station there, um, where he's where he's from, and it, it is escaping me. I want to say it's South Carolina or North Carolina. I cannot remember. I want to say North Carolina, um, and, and ends up picking Tennessee. So it was it was crazy for Crouch. Not sure if Darnell Washington is going to be able to to pull that off, but the, this has to be Tennessee's top priority right now because, like I said, this kid changes changes your program. Um, he he comes in is a day one starter once he gets on campus. He's a focal point of the offense. And I think um, somebody I was listening to, I cannot remember, it might have been uh, Brandon from VR2 in the RTI VR2 podcast. 
great listen. I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight them here at the end once I finish up with with Washington. But he mentioned you've got Harrison Bailey coming coming into uh, into the fold here. Who is his top receiving target at Marietta High School? Eric Gilbert, same sort of player as Darnell Washington. He's used to looking for that big, tall receiver, tight end, whatever you like. That bodes well for Darnell Washington. He's always going to be looking for the big guy if he's open, which this dude is a mismatch made from hell. I mean, he, he, he there's not going to be many people that can cover this kid. And, and Tennessee needs needs this. They're losing a lot of production from the receiving receiving position. They do have a lot of good options there. I like what Tennessee has done um, with, with Jalen Hyatt. I think Jalen Hyatt is the steal of the 2020 class. Um, Tennessee is getting an absolute steal in Jalen Hyatt, in my opinion. Um, Ramel Keaton from Marietta is very good. He showed a lot of promise this season, I think. Cedric Tillman is a guy I don't think gets talked about a lot. I really, really like what I saw from Cedric Tillman this season when he got on the field. He, he's going to be good, uh, and, and he's very fast as well. I don't think he people think he's as fast as he is, but, but that dude is quick. You get Brandon Johnson back, I believe. He redshirted this year. He's going to come back for a fifth year next year. D'Angelo Gibbs is being rumored to be moved from, uh, I believe he was practicing as a as a defensive back, and now he's going to be uh, maybe a receiver. So we'll see. But there's good options. But you get this, you get Darnell Washington. I mean, it's a game changer. He's a guy that's going to be be a mismatch at any point in the game, a red zone target. If I was Jarrett Garantano or whichever Tennessee quarterback is playing next year. I'm looking for Darnell Washington when we get down to the red zone. We, we mentioned it before. Tennessee was dreadful in the red zone this season. This guy gives you a big, tall, strong, sure-handed option to to throw to when you get down in the red area, and I think that's going to be huge for Tennessee. Brian Niedermeyer actually, I believe, flew out to Las Vegas uh, to get Washington and fly back with him for his official visit. Um, don't know how long he's going to be on campus. I know... I believe I saw somewhere on Twitter that it was going to be like a, a four or five day affair. Um, and in in an interview, Washington said that it was uh, more like a vacation for him. That he's already been to campus. It's going to be a sixth time on campus. He already knows pretty much everything about Knoxville and, and the campus and everything. Um, so he, he you know he said it was very relaxed, very calm. You know, hanging out with with Niedermeyer and the other guys that were on campus for for their visits. The, the Tennessee commits. Um, and there were a lot of guys that are that are committed in this class that were on campus. You had the Whitehaven trio were there. Keyshawn Lawrence was there. Jimmy Calloway was there. That's a big one. Tennessee needs to hold on to Jimmy Calloway. He's a playmaker, man. He and Jalen Hyatt are are going to be special if they get to Tennessee. Uh, Jalen Hyatt's already in the boat. There's no question about his his uh, commitment to Tennessee. But Jimmy Calloway's been kind of flirting with, uh, I want to say it was Kentucky, maybe Florida, one of the two. Uh, why is it always Florida and Kentucky that are coming after our guys this year? It's it's, it's insane. Um, but they need to hold on to Callaway. But he was on campus. You had Jabari Small on campus. Uh, there was a very, very big Memphis vibe uh, on campus with, with those guys, the Whitehaven Trio, Jabari Small, and then obviously the, the Memphis basketball team there. We're not going to talk about that at all. Uh, move on. Um, but, but nonetheless, Darnell Washington is, is an absolute – freak and he is going to be somebody that Tennessee needs to get and I think they're in a good position it's mentioned a lot that that you don't hear a lot about Tennessee connected uh with Darnell Washington and that's a good thing 
Do we remember Henry Toto? I don't think anybody gave Tennessee a shot to, to finish that. Cravars Crouch. Nobody thought Tennessee was going to finish that off. Brian, Nieder, Brian Niedermeyer, when he is, is the guy recruiting the, the top player, he's going to get that guy. I have full confidence in Brian Niedermeyer being able to pull this off. That's all you have to do. You tell Niedermeyer, hey, I want this guy, and he goes and gets it done. And he's going to be his position coach if everything stays the same on the coaching staff, uh, Niedermeyer being the tight end coach. It, it just makes sense. He said he has the best relationship with Niedermeyer. He likes Coach Pruitt. He's talked with Jim Chaney. He knows how Jim Chaney's going to use him in his offense. I'm sure they've talked about it. I'm not going to say it's a done deal, and I'm not going to say that we're going to find out here in the next couple of days if it's Tennessee, if it's Georgia, which is the other team. I think he's he's uh, kind of connected with Miami, might, might play a factor there. Um, Alabama could always jump back in. You know, they, they really can – you know, open up the pockets and get whoever they want. But um, I really feel like it's a Tennessee-Georgia battle at this point. I, I'm going to say Tennessee gets him. I, I trust I trust Moose. I think Niedermeyer gets it done. And like I said, I don't know if we're going to find out whether or not he picks Tennessee or whoever in the next couple of days, if it'll actually wait until January 2nd, if, if you know, all the schools can be re- respectful and, and keep that, uh, keep it, you know, hidden and, and a secret. Um, I think the the key to look at is going to be the schools. If they start offering players, you know, other tight ends, that might be a big key um, to kind of show you that that Washington did not pick them. So, you know, if you see Tennessee offering some tight ends or being connected with other tight ends here, um, maybe this week, maybe this weekend, next week, then you might get the indication that, okay, Darnell Washington's not coming. But uh, I feel pretty good about this one. So... That's going to about do it for this one. I I ran a little bit longer than I wanted to, about a little over 40 minutes. But um, hope you guys enjoyed all the talk about the recruits. Uh, Recruiting is something that I've become very passionate about here in in, in the last couple of years. Um, And I want to continue to do that. I want to continue to cover it. Um, And and I feel like this is a good way for me to to get some some thoughts and stuff out there uh, rather than sitting down and, and writing up articles. I feel like this is a little bit of an easier way to uh to talk about it and and to get my thoughts out there and maybe get feedback from you guys as well if if you'd like to but uh thank you again so much for listening to this first ever edition um of the vol contributor podcast i'm gonna plug some 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 people real quick if you haven't already go over to twitter and follow at rocky top insider i'm a contributor over there we do a lot of great stuff when it comes to covering tennessee athletics Uh, With it being early signing period here in the next couple of days, I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of stuff over there. Nathaniel Rutherford is our managing editor. He does a a hell of a job uh, managing everything over there, making sure the content is is as best as it can be. Um, So big props to him. Follow him. He is at Mr. Underscore Rutherford on Twitter. Um, And also, if you're interested in recruiting, and Tennessee recruiting specifically, you have to follow VR2. That's at underscore vr2 underscore i believe is is what it is um rti and vr2 work together to do another recruiting podcast so you can listen to this one you can listen to that one um, and get all your recruiting needs hear all the breakdowns all the analysis vr2 is 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 a group of guys that go to high school games they have relationships with the recruits so they have the inside information if you want that kind of stuff uh, rather than me just sitting here giving my my personal opinions and stuff like that Follow VR2. Um, they have an insider notebook that I think is very worth it. I believe it's only $3 a month. 
Um, they have a lot of inside information there that, that other places don't. So give Rocky Top Insider a follow. Check it out, rockytopinsider.com, and then check out vr2.site. Uh, follow both of those uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Murphy Carlton, all one one word there, uh, lowercase as well. Uh, but like I said, thank you so much for listening, and uh, I will see you on the next edition of the Vol Contributor Podcast.